right, all right. I want to welcome everyone today, our Little Creek campus, our South Shore campus, our Gulf Coast campus, those of you watching online, including Facebook Live, Orleans Justice Center, welcome you guys, and St. Tammany Parish Jail. Why don't we go ahead and welcome everyone, all of us welcome each other. It's great to be together as we kick off the first message in our brand new series entitled Summer Playlist, and you are in for a treat today. We have a, a guest who's really not a guest, he's really family, and that is Pastor Steve Gallus, all the way from Destin, Florida. Pastor Steve and his wife Jackie started their church in October of 2001, Destiny Worship Center. If you're ever in the area, go check it out. It's an awesome church. They have four locations throughout the area. They're going to be expanding to a fifth, actually, this fall. About 4,000 in weekend attendance. Does a phenomenal job as a pastor. Just a great man and a dear friend of our pastor. So let's show him some love as we welcome him to the greatest message today. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Doing well, huh? Well, you, you look well. It's great. One, one worship and communion rich, everybody. I mean, I just tell you, yeah, I, I, I love celebrating the Lord's table. Thank you for the privilege of being able to celebrate that with you. I bring you hot and humid greetings from uh, Destin, Florida. <laughs> uh, but I realized somebody beat me to it because it's already here. It's unbelievable, you know, but uh, I hope your summer is going well. Anybody been to Destin yet uh, this summer? Anybody been to Destin yet? Anybody plan on going to Destin? How many of you have been to Destin at least one time in your life? Let me see. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. We welcome you there. Spend all the money you can there. Keep our economy going. <laughs> we're grateful that you're, uh, we're so grateful to be connected. I just got to tell you something. You are a blessed people because I am fortunate to call your pastor a dear friend. He is an amazing leader with a brilliant mind for leadership, a gracious heart for relationship. You know, it's very rare that you find that combination of both leadership and relationship. He's a tremendous, tremendous friend. I'm just fortunate to call him friend. And let me say this, you're favored to call him your pastor. And I think you should, uh, you should just give God a great big hand for Steve and Jennifer Robinson and their, their amazing family. And, and uh, I know that he's, he's, he's younger than me. He's blonder than me. You know, he's wiser than me. He's probably richer than me. But I still like him. And uh, I'm so grateful for him. I'm grateful to be with you. And we're in a sermon series. We're launching it called, come on, Summer Playlist. And uh, how many of you uh, have a playlist on your iPhone or on your, yeah, I mean, I mean, you just have your favorite music. I got my workout music. I got my my cruising in my golf cart music. I got my devotional music. And I also not only have music, I also have sermons that really have spoken to my heart. How I many you know that, that, you know, the Word of God and, and, and music, you know what I'm saying, can speak to your heart like nothing else, amen? And it can just really just reach and touch your heart. And it's, uh, music's very powerful. You know, my Father's Day this past weekend, and I was watching the U.S. Open when my boys were grilling me some hamburgers, which was great. And then my wife said, Let, let's watch a movie. I was like, yeah, great idea. And I thought we'd watch a movie that uh, would be a man's movie on Father's Day. <laughs> but it was a chick flick movie. I mean, I lost my man card decades ago, so it doesn't really matter. And she goes, let's watch it. And it was The Greatest Showman. Anybody watch to see The Greatest Showman? Uh, it, it was the movie, The Greatest Showman, about the life of P.T. Barnum, you know, and how the circus started. 
And uh, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching it with great resistance. I'm fighting it. I don't want to watch it. And all of a sudden, the music is amazing, isn't it? Oh, my gosh, the music is captivating. And I'm acting like, yeah, it's okay. I don't like it. But on the inside, I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm really liking it. And, and I realized how much it just spoke to my heart, you know. And, you know, there's something about today. I want to just give you a, I want to tell you what's number one on God's playlist. And I've entitled it number one on his playlist because how many know that God is wanting to reach our heart? Yes or no? How many know that he wants to win our heart? He wants to capture our heart. All of our campuses, hear me. God is after our heart like nothing else. It's what he wants. It's what he longs for is to have, for us to give him his heart because how many know that he's given us his? And he's given it to us through his son, Jesus. And so I thought about that. I was like, you know, the number one thing that seems to be the most popular theme that Jesus would talk about in the New Testament was treasure. It was treasure. But it wasn't treasure for treasure's sake. It was treasure for our heart's sake. And I want you to turn your Bibles, turn there, click there. doesn't matter. Please get there if you can. Matthew chapter 6, you'll see it up on the screen also. But Jesus said something that was wanting to always bring us back home about where our heart is. And here's what he said, ready? For where your treasure is, come on, there your, say it with me, everybody, heart will be also. That's what he said. He said, he said uh, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And there's just something about Jesus would talk about treasure in order to speak and reach our heart. You know, there's times I've laid my keys down in the home and, and I could swear I, you know, I'd left them, you know, right there on the kitchen countertop, right there. And I'd say, honey, where's my keys? And she'd say, well, I don't know. I was like, well, honey, I left them right here. I could swear I left them right there. She goes, no, you didn't because they're not there. And I was like, well, you're moving them. You're moving them to put me in a home early, making me seem like I'm losing my memory. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. And she goes, retrace your steps. But in my mind, I could swear I left him right there. And sometimes we could be with our hearts the same way we are with our key. We can say, Lord, my heart is with you. My heart is with this word. My heart is with this church. My heart is here. And Jesus would say, ready? He said, you want to really find your heart? Like you really want to find your keys? Just locate where your treasure is. And there you'll heart will be also. And no one knew how to speak to us like Jesus, amen? He knew how to get to us and say those penetrating statements that would, that would just be an aha moment for us. And so I want to just give you some thoughts, fill in your blanks, and I, I just think it's important that we would, uh, we would have the kind of heart that God wants us to have. And number one, this is the first kind of heart that he wants to have, he wants to reach us, and that's this, a heart of, say it out loud, everybody, say it, honesty. It's a heart of honesty. How many of you ever heard of Billy Joel? Billy Joel wrote a song called Honesty. He did. And, and there were some great lines in that song. You know, he says, uh, you know, it, it, he had something like such a lonely word, hardly ever heard, because it's so rare. Honesty is a rare thing. And you know what? God wants us to be honest with him, and God wants us to be honest with ourselves, to not fool ourselves or try to fool God, 
Where is your heart? That's the question God's asking. Would you be honest with me? You know, when, uh, you know, when policemen pull over people that are speeding, they sure would like to hear some honesty. You know what I'm talking about? Did you see that sign that said 45 miles an hour? Yes or no? Yes, officer. Why were you going 70 miles an hour? The rest that gets filled in could be all over the place. Hey, well, I was in an emergency. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't see it. Well, you know, I had to, I'm running late. Or there's some, at the end of it, I think a policeman would want to hear this. Ready? Did you see that sign saying 45 miles an hour? Yes, sir. Why were you going 70 in a 45? Because I didn't see you, sir. <laughs> Have you ever used that line? Try it. It might just get you a warning. But we say everything different than honesty. Barely heard. Rarely used. And I want us to be honest. God wants us to be honest. And here's the question. I want you to be honest with yourselves, okay? Please, here's a question. Here's a key question. It's coming up on the screen. It says this. Do I view my money, handle my money, anything through my faith or apart from my faith? Do I? Do I say to God, God, I love you, and this is my worship life, this is my faith life, but this is my money life. And these two don't, don't, don't mix. I handle my money around my faith, not through my faith. Be honest. Where are you? Where are you with this? Because this is what God wants us to realize when it comes to having a heart of honesty. Psalm 1611 really just went off in my heart when I, when I saw this. It says, You'll show, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When I've read that scripture, I realized there are some people that are trying to get to pleasures by going around his presence. And God says this, don't go around me, go through me. Does your path of life go through me? Does the way you handle your money, does the way you give, tithe, does the way you, the, the way you view and steward it, does it go through me and my word? Or does it go around me? Because I've come to realize when I go around him, I miss out. Because it's only through him is there fullness of, come on, say that little word. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Do you begin to realize how significant it is? How significant it is that we realize that we don't go around his presence. We go through his presence. You see, there's people that try to get to heaven, hear me, around Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now look at this in John 14. He says, but no one comes to the Father except through me. But I'm telling you, there's people all around the world trying to get to heaven around Jesus. You can't get to heaven around Jesus. You got to go through Jesus. There's people around the world trying to get right with God, apart from a relationship with God. 
He's pastor show it to him gladly. Exodus chapter 20. The children of Israel wanted to be right with God without a relationship with God. Look at this. Moses, speak to us yourself. We just want to have a, bring us some rules down from the mountain. Give us some commandments. But don't give us any conversation. Just give us commandments. Because we want to be right with God without a relationship with God. We want to do it with rules. But let not God speak to us. How many know that you can't get right with God without a relationship with God? But what is it about human nature that wants to go around Jesus, around relationships, and wants to go around his word when it comes to handling our finances and our treasure? We need to not go around him. We need to go through him. Amen, somebody? It's so important that we do that. And uh, now let me just, why don't, well, everybody, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. Let it out. Can I say this to you? You didn't really take that. God gave that. Now, sometimes, hear me, sometimes we take that for granted. You didn't take that. He gave that. I'm telling you something. It's because he makes his face shine upon you that you're able to breathe and that you take breath. Can I say this to you at work, where you work, salary you make, the deals you close, the accounts you land? I'm going to be honest with you. You ready? You didn't make that. God gave that. We neither take it nor make it. We only receive it from a God who is gracious to give it. Thank you. Listen, I say that because I want us to put it in perspective and I want us to be honest. Everybody say honest. I want us to be honest. Do we see that? And how do you relate to God? If you really believe that, that you didn't make it as smart as you are, as gifted as you are, as hardworking as you are, you didn't make it. He gave it. You didn't take it. He gave it. You see, Psalm 100 says this. It says, no, the Lord made us and not we ourselves. Why in the world would you need a psalm like that? Why would you need to be reminded that you didn't make yourself? Unless somewhere in human nature, we sometimes realize, we sometimes forget that we didn't make it and we didn't take it. And we're not all that in a bag of chips. That we're just simple people made of dirt, alive and well by the breath of Almighty God. And by the breath of Almighty God, we live and move and have our being to produce whatever we produce. I'm going to be honest with God. Hey, listen, here's the key thought. I'm not man-made. I'm God-made. And when I realize that, it shifts me to my second point, and that's this. I'm going to have a heart of honor. Everybody say honor. Honor. That's our next point. A heart of of honor. It's so important that we honor. In 1967, the year I was born, I Googled, I was like, all right, what was one of the number one hit songs in 1967? It was a song by Aretha Franklin. Some of you are like, who is she? (laughs) But it was Aretha Franklin. She wrote a song called R-E-S-P-E. See, that is what it means to me. Listen to me. I want you to know something. I want you to know something. That's the number one song, 1967, when I was born. Now, the Bible doesn't use the word 
respect, but it's very synonymous. It uses the word, come on, say it with me, everybody. God says, once you have a heart of honesty, will you take it to the next step and have a heart of honor? Would you have a heart of honor that now, now that you're honest that you didn't make it or take it, would you have a heart of honor, and that is, hear me, to express it? How do we express it? Proverbs chapter 3. Here it comes up on the screen. Honor the Lord. Here it is. Here's the physical expression of appreciation of what we've received, not what we've made or taken, with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with, come on, new wine. You begin to realize, God says, I want you to honor me, and the way you honor me is with a physical expression of honor, a physical expression of appreciation. The same way you show honor to your mom and dad of appreciation that they brought you into this world, cared for you, you know, put a roof over your head, and you honor them by physically obeying them and listening to them. The same way we honor our teachers as they impart to us and we listen to them as, we, as we're grateful for our soldiers, our men and women. We, fit, we let them get on the plane first because they protect us and stand on the wall to guard us. Come on, somebody. We, we do those things because we're people of honor. Amen? And so with also with the Lord. We honor him with the way he wants to be honored. And he wants to be honored with a physical expression that says, because you believe I gave it, I want you to give it back in your tithing and in your first fruits, if you really believe that. Uh, remember the breath we took and we let out? The Bible says, let everything that has breath, anybody know the rest of the phrase? You know what it really means? Give it back. Come on, every person that takes a breath should give it back to him because he's received it from him. How many know that our bodies are his, yes or no? How many know that we were made from dirt? And because we were made from dirt, Adam and Eve was made from dirt, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and what? The fullness there. So in other words, not only is my breath his, my body is his. Because the earth is the Lord's. This will return to earth. Yours will return to earth. And I've come to realize something, that I need to honor God with my body. I need to honor God with my praise. And I need to honor God with my tithes. Everything that I've received from him, I honor him. Now I got it. The tithe is about honor. It's not about money. It's just the way it's expressed. Let me show it to you in Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. You say, in what have we robbed you? Now hear me. You read it, the statement says in tithes and offerings, and people say, aha, it's about money. The, the truth is, hear me, friends, please. The truth of the matter is, is that tithes and offerings is the physical expression that God has asked for to be shown honor and appreciation for everything you and I have received, not taken or made, but received from Almighty God, because every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from Him. And so when we realize that, I got it now, that all the tithe is is a physical expression of honor. I'm honest. I know it came from you. So here it is. I'm giving back to you with a heart of honor. Let me tell you what the tithe is not, because I want to 
set the record straight because some of us have heard some stuff, I've heard some stuff that has kind of been uh, the wrong motivation to give. You ready for this? Number one, here's what giving is not. Number one, a, a get-rich-quick scheme. Somebody say amen. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. I know there's some people on television that can almost promote giving as a get-rich-quick scheme. As if if you gave 50 bucks, you know what I'm saying? You're just going to run into some spiritual lotto and win something. Hear me. We're not, we're not, our motivation is not greed or our motivation is desperation. Our motivation is to honor Almighty God. Come on. We're, we're, not, here to, we're not here to play off of anyone's desperate moments and people on television saying, hey, if you just give 50 bucks right now, you know, by Saturday, you'll, listen, I know God can do some supernatural things, but that's not going to be our motivation to get rich quick. Our motivation is to honor the God that gave us breath, gave us life, gives us family. Come on, we are going to do it the right way, not the wrong way. Here's the second thing that it's not. It's not a prevention from trials. People tell you, if you tithe now, you won't. So I want to play off your fears now because you, you won't have any problems. Listen to me. Those that are going to be in this world are going to have trials and tribulations. So it's not a prevention. I got engaged on New Year's Eve, 1987. Lost my job New Year's Day, 1988. Got married, unemployed. My father-in-law has my best man, who was, you know, my best friend. Hey, he's my son-in-law even have a job? <laughs> and he said, John says, no, but he's got potential. <laughs> That's, he was telling the truth. I didn't, you know what? I was a tither, but I hit a bump in the road. Anybody here hit a bump in the road? Come on. So when we tell people that to tithe, and, and see, here's what happens. People don't get rich quick, and people walk into trials, and they say, you know what? Giving doesn't work. No, it was taught wrong because it was taught with the wrong motivation. Here's the third one. Ready? An exemption from stewardship. Hey, listen, we're going to stand before Almighty God and give an account for everything we've done, hear me, and everything we've received. And not just for our 10%. We're going to give account for the 100%. God's going to say, what did you do with the breath I gave you? What did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with the opportunities I gave you? All throughout our campuses, hear me, everybody, please. God's going to say, what did you do with every dollar that I gave you? Not just the tithe, all of it. You see, we're not, we're not called to be irresponsible just because we tithe. And number four, the last one, it's a prerequisite for God's love. How many are that God's going to love you whether you tithe or not. Come on, yes or no? You betcha. Because God is love, and there's nothing you can do to change his nature. He's, a, he's not going to put some cancer on you. He's not going to try to destroy you. He's not going to try to do any kind of, you know, afflict, afflict you with something. You know, we're not going to motivate people. Hear me. We're not going to motivate people out of guilt, irresponsibility, fear, desperation, or greed. We are going to tell people, let me just tell you something. God says, I want you to have, have a heart of honor. And if you want to honor me, honor me. And if you don't, I understand. But I want you to honor me. And I'm going to say this to you. We should be a people of honor because everything we have comes from 
almighty God. Amen, everybody? That's our heart. I'm so grateful, you know, for this house and the way it teaches it because I want you to know something. Honor will upgrade your life. It'll upgrade your life. It will, because 1 Samuel 2.30 says this, be it far from me. Those who honor me, I'll honor. And how many know that you can never out-honor God and you'll never out-give God? He'll always give you more, come on, than you give him. You will. But those that honor me little or despise me shall be lightly esteemed. In other words, God says, listen, here's what God says, ready? When you honor me, you'll maximize me. Did you hear what I just said? Hear me, South Shore, listen to me. Biloxi, hear me, this is truth. When you honor God, you'll upgrade your life. He'll take you to another level. I tell my boys all the time, guys, honor me. Honor me. Show me the fact that you appreciate who I am and what I've done in your life. And if you do, you'll maximize everything about me. I'll move heaven and earth for you. Just honor me. Show me that R-E-S-P-E-C-D. Now, disrespect me, dishonor me. I'll still love you, but you won't maximize me because I have a heart too. Sometimes we forget that about Almighty God. He has a heart too. Am I making sense, everybody? I want you to hear me because it's so significant. Number three, let me say this, a heart of devotion. God wants us to have a heart of devotion, fully committed to him, loyal to him, not choosing, come on, not choosing one person, not choosing anything or anyone over him. Totally devoted, exclusive to him. Um, how many know that God wants to be exclusive in your life? He wants to be exclusive. I remember my wife had a thought come to me. I remember when I was, we used to be T-Mobile. Anybody have T-Mobile? And there was the fi- Fab Five on T-Mobile. And, uh, and you could hold down one of the first five numbers and hold it. You know what I'm saying? And it would call that person. I told Jack, I said, honey, look at this. You can pre-program five. Now, this is when cell phones first come out. I said, I got you here. And if I hold down this number, uh, I get to call you. I don't have to dial your number anymore. I said, I've got you as number two. (laughs) She looked at me and she's like, two? I said, yeah, don't worry about that. I said, I'm trying to show you a feature. She goes, forget the feature. Two? I just said, who's number one? And I got smart. Jesus. <laughs> she said, she goes, you better get him on the phone right now, because if I don't hear his voice, I said, I said, I'm gonna skin you. I said, no, baby, it's just voicemail. One takes you to voicemail. You're really one, but you're really labeled two to keep you humble. But anyways, listen. But I just remember, she wanted to be exclusive. Is Jesus exclusive? Come on. Is he having to fight? Does he fall behind? Is he number two? Or is he number one? You see, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24. He said, you cannot serve two masters. They'll either be one, you'll hate the one and love the other. Or you'll be loyal or devoted or exclusive to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve. Come on, finish it with me, everybody. God and you just can't. You just can't. 
And I want you to know something. Mammon tries to win your devotion. And here's how it tries to win it. By lying to you. Lying to you. Here it is. Jesus said it. Nobody knows it better than Jesus. Mark 4.19. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Because money lies. Mammon lies. Money and riches tell you that it can do for you what only God can. It lies to you and it tells you replace God with me and I'll bring those things that you want in your life. Hear me. Money can't buy you love. Money can't buy you health. Money can't buy you joy. Money can't buy you peace of mind. Money can't ensure the future of your children. Money can't buy you protection. Oh, it could do some things for you. Yeah, it could take you on some trips and buy some things for you. But hear me, money cannot do for you what Almighty God can do for you. And you and I need to put that in perspective. We need to realize that. But sometimes the deceitfulness is so strong and the voices are so loud, it makes us to believe that. But listen, we just saw in the last few weeks the people, the number of people that are taking their lives because mental illness was gripping their mind. They're the most successful, the most popular people in the world, Hollywood, money. But you know what? They don't have the joy. They don't have the peace. They don't have the mental health. They wouldn't be taking their life if they did. And you begin to realize there's a deceitfulness to this world and to riches. And it'll promise you what only God can give you. We need to be fully devoted to Almighty God. We need to honor God and be honest with God. Amen, everybody? It's so important. So how do we do it? Three ways. I want to just give them to you real quick. Three S's I want you to write down. But I think they're very simple, but very powerful. And I just gave you the first one. Number one, it's this. Simplicity. Everybody say it. Simplicity. Please give it with simplicity. God says, don't have an argumentative heart. Have a simple heart. That doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you're simple. You're not going to argue. You're not going to put up a fight with God. You know, the tithe is simple. It's 10%. Just move the decimal. He made it even easy because he knew math was complicated. It's not, it's, it's not complicated. It's simple. Romans 12, 8 says this. He that gives, let him do it with simplicity. Just do it with simplicity. So many people argue in their minds and in their hearts. At the end of the day, it's not in their hearts to do it. They just need to be honest. I don't want to do it. But the truth is, is, simplicity says this. If you say it, I'll do it. I won't argue with you. I don't. Let him who gives do it with simplicity. How many know that we can make the simple things complicated and cheat ourselves? You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, look at this powerful verse in 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. And started complicating things. So your minds may be corrupted with arguments from the simplicity that's in Christ. You know, the Pharisees, all they did was argue with Jesus rather than have a simple faith to believe him. And they missed out on all that he had for them. I see people say, well, he's tithing the Old Testament. He's tithing, you know, the law. He's tithing really this. He's tithing. I was like, listen, he tells us in the old and in the new, 
to honor him with a tenth, it's the first fruit of the physical expression of appreciation. Hey, let's not argue with it. Let's just simply yield to it. Amen, everybody? Number two, sincerity. Just really simple, that we should give with sincerity. In other words, sincerity is to prove it, not just say it. That we prove it. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 8 says this powerful verse, see that you abound with this grace also, and that is in giving. Have it in your heart to give, to prove, there's the word, everybody say prove, to prove the sincerity of your love. Here's what God's saying, ready? Don't just say it, show it. Would you prove it? Would you prove all these things that you say that I gave it, you didn't make it, you didn't take it? that you appreciate me and that you want to show me the expression of that and you want to just keep it simple and at the same time you want to be sincere and prove it? Prove it. I, uh, when we started our church, as Doug told you, Pastor Doug told you, in 2001, I sent out at the beginning of the year because we launched in October, I sent out 12 letters. 12 letters to 12 pretty prominent pastors that were friends of mine at that time. And I said, hey, you've all said you believed in me. You all said you loved me. You all said you saw the gift of God on my life. I've got the opportunity to launch a church in Sandestin, and it's not cheap over there. And I got rent for $4,000 for 3,000 square feet. At that time, it was cheap compared to today's prices 17 years ago. And I said, could you help me, please? 11 of them didn't even answer me. One of them did. I want you to know it hurt me. Hurt my feelings. It hurt my heart. Because they all said they believed in me. They all said they loved me. They all said they saw the gift of God in me. But they didn't show it. They didn't prove it with a sincerity of giving. That's so significant. You say, Pastor, why is that so important? Because the apostle Paul had a need himself. Not for his own personal needs, but for the vision that he had to win souls and to reach the region for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he sent out a need to all the churches. He sent it to Galatians. He sent it to, to Colossians. He sent it to the Thessalonians. He sent it to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians. And he sent it to the Philippians. And look what he wrote to the Philippians. It's powerful. It's like, it's like my, his plight was way before mine. No church communicated with me in, say it everybody, giving, but you only. You're the only ones that proved it. You're the only ones that showed it. How many of you love Jesus, yes or no? How many of you love this region, love this house, and love the vision of this house, yes or no? Prove it. Prove it. Prove it with tithing. Prove it with offering. It's not for Pastor Steve and Jennifer. It's for souls. It's for the lost. It's for New Orleans. It's for this region. It's for all that needs to be done until Christ comes back. Prove it. We'll give an account for it, but we're going to prove it. We're going to be a people that prove it. Amen, everybody? We're not going to be people that just talk. We're going to show it because that's the kind of Christianity we have because he has made a difference in our life. We're going to be honest. We're going to be honoring. We're going to be devoted. We're going to give sincerely, simply, and last but not least, we'll give sacrificially. There's sometimes what God says, would you give sacrificially? It's thinking about the widow woman with two mites. 
and she gave sacrificially. Jesus is standing in church and a bunch of rich people coming by and they're just giving, but they weren't giving to the point where it was sacrificed. The Bible says they were giving out of their abundance. But there was this widow woman that gave two mites and in her two mites, the Bible says it was all her living. Her tithe was in it. Her offering was in it. Everything she had was in it. And she said, I'm giving it to him. Jesus took notice of it. Wow. Two mites was, I don't know, a few pennies. But to her, it was everything. Then this other woman who was so passionate in love with Jesus took some oil. The Bible says this was more than two pennies. This was a year's wage. She broke it open on Jesus. And in one act of passion and love, said, you've changed my life. I could never repay you, but I want to show you the honor, the change you've made in my life. And she broke open the jar. Jesus said, of those two gifts that were so sacrificial, I'll never forget. I had a little boy come up to me um, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. His dad was trying to teach him tithing. And uh, he said, uh, he wants to give to the church, and I'm trying to teach him tithing. And so he, came, he says, do you mind receiving his tithe from him? Praying over him. I said, I'd love to. So he came up to me and said, hey, man, here you have, you want a tithe? He goes, yeah. I said, uh, what you been doing? Turn a living. He goes, I've been finding golf balls, selling them. I said, they're probably mine. <laughs> Give them back. No, I didn't say that. I said, uh, I said, wow, how much did you make? He goes, $56. Now, to a nine-year-old, that's a ton of money. I said, really? I said, what's the tithe on that? Because dad says $5.60. I said, well, what's in the envelope? He had his tithe in the envelope, you know. He goes, all of it. I said, why are you doing that for, young man? He goes, I just want Jesus to know how much I love him. I thought to myself, yeah, come on, you guys just listen to me. I thought, and I told him the two stories about the jar of oil and the widow woman's mites. And I said to him, I was like, there's moments that you do something that catches God's eye, hear me, and he'll never forget it. I want to have a moment like that with God. I want you to know something. As this vision continues of Church of the King, I want you to know something. God's going to do extraordinary things. And your giving, your tithes, your offerings, and simplicity, sincerity, and sacrifice, hear me, catches God's eye. And God says, I saw it, and I'll never forget it. And by the way, I'll honor you back in a way that you never thought, dreamt, or imagined. In Jesus' name. You receive anything? You receive something today out of all that? Huh? What do you say? We pray together as a family. Come on, every head bowed and eye closed. Let's just pray. God, here we are. May we always be honest with you. And may we always honor you. May we never cheat you of the honor, the physical expression of appreciation 
that we didn't make it and we didn't take it. You gave it. So every week, every time we have an increase, may we stop first and foremost. Holy Spirit, remind us to stop and honor the one who freely gives it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,